0: Right, you guys, welcome to episode 57 of The Swish Room, the podcast that deep dives in the well-known and more importantly, not so well-known hookups of your favorite reality TV stars. It's me, Troy McKeady, and I'm uh, for the first time in like over a month, I have a guest. So like, yes, you're, you're lucky that you don't have to just sit and listen to me ramble for an hour today. Um, I'm going to be recording today with my friend, Jamie Schooler, who is, uh, I don't know, like Jamie, we met via the internet and now you're like one of my favorite Australians in the world.
1: Australia. I'm English.
0: Are you not in Australia? No. Why did
1: I think that? <laughs> no, I'm English.
0: Why did I think you lived in Australia?
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm very far away from Australia. Yeah, <laughs> You're so far from Australia. <laughs> Do I sound Australian? <laughs> not at
0: all. <laughs> not at all. I just like thought that you lived in Australia. No,
1: but I'm 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 touched that
0: I'm still your favorite Australian. (laughs) Well, now if we're being honest, like I mean, is Kylie's Australian, right? Minogue, yeah, 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 yeah. Kylie's my actual favorite Australian, but now you're my favorite person in the UK. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel better. (laughs) By the way, this is also like. 10 a.m. Troy. So, like, everybody knows that me via the morning is just like, in the morning, I'm basically like the mom character in Rec Room for a Dream. Just like truly <laughs> having a mental <laughs> house in my apartment, like, not stable in any way. So, like, yeah, until-, <laughs> <could> be- <laughs> until noon, I'm just not going to be myself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm really, really good. I am very happy that you asked me to record today because uh, we're talking about someone who I love very dearly, and yeah. I would say that she is possibly in a quiz. She would be my specialist subject just because she's so fascinating.
0: Should we? So, you guys were talking about Anna Nicole and Tower Case Stern today, and uh, when Jamie and I were messaging about this, you sent me. I knew that it was right because you sent me uh, the White Trash Nation. <laughs> um, uh, was that is that Newsweek? Uh, it was New York Magazine from 1994,
1: and I've been, I've been trying to find it for about a year or so, um, and it kept coming up on eBay, and then I kept missing it, and then I finally got a copy, and it's the most iconic cover. It's just Anna Nicole... Circa 94, wearing white cowboy boots, pink halter neck, eating a bag of chips and crouching on the floor, and then in big, like, letters across it, it's this white trash nation.
0: Uh, I mean, it's really, like, you know that, like, a person is a real Anna Nicole fan if they even, like, know that that magazine exists, because it's so iconic.
1: It's so iconic, and that's why she's my queen.
0: <laughs> she's just everything, and I'm so... I'm, I've am i been wanting for a really long time to talk about Anna, and I didn't know, like, in what context to start because she's dated so many interesting people that are, like, dark, I mean, including our uh, current president here in the States, Mr. Trump, um, and he was, like, terrible to her, so she's just had so many uh, dark and interesting relationships, but, like, I feel like Howard is definitely the most profound, like, male relationship for her, without any doubt.
1: Absolutely. I mean, obviously, J. Howard Marshall was an interesting one, but kind of, it wasn't really dark, you know? No. I feel like that was at a point where, you know, there was darkness on her part, but I think that particular era was almost like, her slice of normality even though it was so far removed from kind of what we consider as normal right? and then i think from then on when she met howard yeah that was the real turning point for her and for him you know his life i think obviously changed dramatically
0: yeah i mean it's interesting too because it's like i don't know i was really how old are you
1: i'm 31.
0: okay so i'm 30 and I remember when the uh, when the Anna Nicole show was on, and like when Anna was like at the peak of this like sort of second phase of her career, where she was like this B list kind of like train wreck. Um, I I mean, like I don't know if it was because I was super young, or maybe I just wasn't. I don't know what's going. I don't know what the deal was, but I didn't really like this relationship. Is weird because it was like we always thought weird sexual things were happening between she and Howard, of course, but it was never like definitively spoken like yeah we're in a relationship but like we're dating and then yeah. all of a sudden when all this baby and maternity stuff started happening paternity sorry um he they were married we were like oh okay okay i guess um but yeah i guess we can go ahead and like get started um as always i took an absurd amount of notes i mean it's anna so i couldn't stop and up until like literally two thirty or 3 in the morning last night i was just like watching youtube videos and i sent jamie this like this link to uh one of my favorite like anna nicole youtube videos ever and it's like these rare this rare this montage of like rare paparazzi footage from like
1: i've never i would never seen those before and i watched them when i was eating my lunch earlier on and it was just fascinating. It's like, wild. I felt like I could have just rewatched it over and over again because it's so, she's mesmerising. I know. Uh, all of the right reasons and also all of the wrong reasons. Um, but yeah, like that, that, that montage was really, really spoke to me. And it was, I guess like what I, when I was watching it, As, you know, incoherent as she was in some of the videos, like, I feel like you saw how actually really, really beautiful that she was. Yeah. Um, You know, and she had this, like, charisma that not many people really had. And I, I kind of felt a bit sad because she came across as so charismatic in, in a lot of this footage that we, we've both watched. And I felt like maybe she was never fully aware of that, that she had that quality.
0: Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. I mean, she definitely has like, that's, that was the biggest takeaway for me after watching that. Cause it's like 20 minutes long, this footage. And it's interesting because it's a montage from, you know, the early nineties, to like you know the year before she died and it's just this rare footage of her being photographed and and like talking to the paparazzi and like we all know Anna Nicole loved being photographed and she loved being you know she loved her paparazzi so she would sit out there and talk to them for like hours um but yeah I mean she goes from states of being like extremely coherent and like quick and funny and like on it to being like you know totally incoherent Anna but like you know, just, like, sad. Like, lipstick smeared and, like, a mess. But, like, no matter what, like you said, always just so charismatic. And she had, like, whatever that thing is that I always talk about, like, with certain people where they, you could literally watch them read a phone book and it would be, like, the most, like, mentally stimulating thing ever. <laughs> um Anna had that thing, whatever it is.
1: I totally agree. Like, you know, she could talk the alphabet, you know, for five mm-hmm. hours straight. And I probably... Gripped on every letter that she said, just because she has that, she has that thing that not many people have. And yeah, it, you know, kind of what really spoke to me is like given the the way that she looked, and she, you know, she was beautiful, and you know, the, the struggles with drugs and alcohol and all that, and kind of her weight gain and stuff, you know, she got a really, really, really bad rap. And, you know, towards the end of her life, she was basically just known for being overweight. And that that must have... Sorry sorry about that. No, it's fine. Um, That must have just really derailed, kind of, her ever having insight to that charisma that she had you know, that she possessed. Yeah. Really, really sad.
0: Oh, it's so sad. The way this girl, this woman was treated by the media and by the general public and just maybe not even knowing like her being the person who was so addicted to the idea of being famous. And so like, you know, driven and, like, hungry for more fame and, like, more whatever, just attention in whatever way she could get it. I don't know if she ever was fully aware of how poorly she was actually treated.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I don't think the people around her allowed her to ever be that fully aware either. Yeah. and um, I feel like that's where Howard comes into this in terms of, kind of, their relationship and what, what he offered her, and you know, I think, I think there are two people that met who like to get completely fucked up, but also like he also offered her that escape route for her to not actually have that opportunity to fully digest kind of like what was going on really in reality, because you know, if we learn anything from that e-show, you know, as fascinating as it is, it, you know, even through the viewer's eyes, you watch that, and it's like you're watching it on drugs. It's such, yeah. it's such a fucking parallel universe to kind of what we're used to.
0: It's so true. And you're, I mean, like, you could not be more right. Like, Howard was specifically... Howard was, like, sort of the ultimate, like, enabler. You know, like, the 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 sort of definition of what it means to enable a person. Like, Anna's version of reality was so skewed and one-sided and uh just so specific to like how she felt like she should be living because howard provided her the ability to black out anything i mean her family anything that made her uncomfortable for more yeah. than a couple minutes it just didn't exist you know
1: it, it's all, it's also interesting like because you know we know a lot about anna's history and you know she went through you know various degrees of trauma, and you know we we kind of get an understanding as to why she was the way she was but we we seem to know very little about Howard and why he mm-hmm. you know, why he was so up for living fast and loose obviously you know we it 's very clear that. Anna offered him you know his relationship with Anna gave him an opportunity to you know further his career or whatever that was but the the bond that they had was they liked they really liked getting totally fucked up and i i I'm always really interested in where that darkness came from for howard why yeah. why he that way what well, maybe why he is that way you know we don't really know that much about him anymore but I kind of, I wonder what the motivations were for him and what he was running from.
0: I've never even really thought about that, but it's so true. Because, like, I mean, you have to imagine that Howard was dealing with some really dark shit for him to, you know, be around the shit that he... I mean, like, even just... I mean, we're going to, obviously, once we get into it, we're going to get into the Anna Nicole show, of course. But, like, even just, you know, episodes like their Christmas special, I mean, like, for Howard to be around that kind of debauchery and think that it's, like, a normal way to live and then to have a teenage boy upstairs, like, waiting for his mom to come tuck him in in that state and for Howard to think it's normal, obviously, he was, like, dealing with some really dark shit, too.
1: It's it's interesting that you talk about the Christmas episode because there's one really defining moment in that in, in which I saw this this kind of sadness slash darkness of power. It's when they are all sat around um, in the living room and Anna's walking across the floor and Shelly's trying to like latch on. Cousin Shelly, we need to talk about her as well. <laughs> of course. but but Shelly's like leaning in towards Howard and then Anna's like crawling across the floor and she's on Howard's she's got her arms on Howard's lap and Howard is just like completely out of it slurring like staring at Anna Anna's also you know very much in the same state and I just there's a moment in that scene where I just thought why is he why is he trying to get so out of himself? What, what's making him do this? You know, is it something that he's running from or is it he can't deal with this reality that he's created for him and Anna? I, I don't know, but there's something in that that I found really interesting.
0: Oh my God, you just <clears throat> single-handedly made Howard an interesting person to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I told you before we started recording that Howard is truly nothing more to me than like a... Uh, like a JC Penney's dad jean up to his navel wearing just boring lawyer. But like, you know, everything surrounding him was so wild. But now I'm a little bit more interested.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be to be completely honest with you, I've always thought he's a cunt, and I still think he's a cunt, but Absolutely he was obviously a cunt in pain and that that's the area that I find interesting you know and as I've said to you without him, without Anna he wouldn't be interesting you know um yeah but kind of that level of insanity that we were given the insight to within the show um you've got to have been facing some dark shit to even like put up with a percentage of that you know
0: absolutely to i mean to think that that's normal and to allow it to be happening like i said with a a you know 15 year old boy in the house who's like desperately trying to like protect his mom from looking like an idiot you know it's just it's so sad um but i'm gonna go ahead and introduce the episode now because i could truly literally like this will happen for five hours for me (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Anna and Howard, according to what I read, I mean, I don't know, like I said earlier, I don't know if I said this before we started recording or during, but like, I I don't, I, I don't understand like a definitive time that Anna and Howard, like were considered to be quote dating. I mean, like, had they definitely been having sex since probably the, the minute they met? Sure. Uh, but like, according to what I read on the internet, they, the relationship started in May of 2002 and they got married on September 26th of 2006. I don't understand how that's like I don't know who was able to definitively be like this is when Howard like got down on one knee and said like will you be my gal to Anna. Like do you know what I mean? It's confusing.
1: I feel like as well like if Given the amount of drugs that they were both on, I don't think they even knew like when they officially got together. I and I and I guarantee that they probably couldn't even remember the first time it was when they did eventually hook up. It oh, was, yeah, sure <laughs> yeah. <they were.
0: laughs> it's very true. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, I mean, they initially met in the mid 90s, I think it was around 97. Um, Howard's law firm handled her modeling contracts yeah. and. You know, for a short period, he represented her in court before they started filming a reality show and he wasn't allowed to anymore, um, which is insane. I always forget that Howard was like... I I almost forget that Howard was her lawyer sometimes.
1: Yeah, no, totally. It's a bit of a (laughs) mindfuck. Yeah. That's how they started out
0: together. Like, to see photos of him, you know, in the courtroom during the trial for her, her fortune, I was like, oh my God. Like, he was there for all that stuff, and I completely just wiped it out Mm. um and yeah i mean i i know that this is something i said to you before we started recording but to me the most interesting thing about howard k stern has always been that he is this sort of like svengali almost like a sam Lufty character in my mind that's just like the way i've always viewed him as like this guy who like promised her the world and you know she thought she was being protected by him no matter what and you know, who knows if he always had her best interests? Obviously not. I mean, it's very clear that he didn't. Um And uh yeah, I mean, as we all know now, Anna very tragically passed away in 2007. And, you know, she's just one of those really tragic public figures that you kind of look back on and it's like we all kind of knew that there was no way that Anna was would be able to sustain her lifestyle for longer than, you know how long she was alive, basically. Like, she was just one of those people that you definitely sort of knew would, like, live fast and die young, unfortunately, and just, like, impact the world in, like, a huge way. Um, But yeah, I mean, it still feels so crazy to me that it's been so long since Anna passed away.
1: I mean, yeah, it's been, like, what, 11 years? Yeah. Um, And still, like, it doesn't seem like that long ago, you know, the... The Dra I think, because there was so much drama there 's so much there to still unpick you know in terms of what happened, you know whether it 's her death, whether it 's you know the first marriage, whether it whatever it is that she was always surrounded by such chaos that it 's still being digested, i guess um, yeah that's what makes this so fascinating. One of the, one of the things that I didn't actually know. And before speaking to you, like quite similar to you, Troy, I was doing some research and like jotting down like frantically some notes. And one of my favorite things that I found out and I didn't know already was um. So before Howard actually got on board with the reality show, his law firm dissolved. um, So what he did, he ran an apartment in Santa Monica where he ran, he set up a business which he ran out of it uh that business was called Hot Smoochie Lips (sighs) Incorporated
0: oh my god I forgot that I wrote this down I forgot that this was a thing oh my god
1: And Hot Smoochie Lips Incorporated is a talent agency that had only Anna on there as a client. Oh my God. I I just wanted to go onto my LinkedIn profile and say that it turns out Hot Smoochie Lips Incorporated because I can't make that name up. It's just brilliant.
0: It's beyond. (laughs) And like, first of all, I'm looking for a career change. Howard is like 100% listening to this right now. So like Howard, if you're listening, I'm like i'm a fast typer i you know i have, a way, I have a, a way of stringing words together i've been told so like whatever you need i'm down to work for hot smoochy lips incorporated
1: same same i'll do anything i'll just, uh, like whatever
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, we should talk about um anna's psychotic childhood and what led her up to meeting howard like you want to talk about a true rags-to-riches story, Anna's life is seriously like... I wrote down in my notes that Anna was almost like... Her life is like a lifetime retelling of a story, but it's her actual life.
1: It's, it totally is. It's that Cinderella. It's that Marilyn Monroe. It's like she did it, and it's... It's so by the book in terms of a fairy tale. It's bizarre, <laughs> yeah. you know the twists and turns that come with it. You know, she had she was really really poor. She came from such a poor family, and you know, going from working in what was it? Her first husband was she met her first husband because they worked in the same like fried chicken shop.
0: Yeah, it was Jim's crispy fried chicken, which like <laughs> is on my bucket list. When you come to the states, like we have to figure out a way to get to Jim's crispy fried chicken. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm fully ready for the road trip to Mahia, Texas. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I make this happened.
1: Like this is like, oh, it's a fantasy. And, yeah, and just you know, they met there and then. Obviously, she had Danny Lynn at such a young age as well, and then, you know, she got into stripping, and it's so it's so cliched, like what happened, but it was her life, you know. Yeah, it, it's what really happened, <laughs> and when you say it out loud and you process it, it's like it's so bizarre and funny. You know, she goes in and she's this like geeky, out, uh, you know, this kind of odd looking stripper and then you know she saves up money and she gets several boob jobs and then you know lo and behold one day this 89 year old billionaire comes in on his wheelchair and you know, just <laughs> takes away from stripping
0: it's something that i also wanted to talk to you about something that i'm really really i always so whenever i take notes for this podcast like there's always one random thing about the person that I actually care about. Cause I always care about one person more than the other, of course. Yeah. Um, and for Anna, for me, it was like, okay, so Anna was born, she's had like eight names and technically she was born Vicki Lynn Hogan. Okay. Um, and like the, the very beginning stages of her life are very interesting because she's one of those people who like sort of tries to rewrite her story. Um, yeah. Like, that to me is, like, very... So she was, like, born technically in Houston. She was raised in Mahea. Um, You know, she... Like, we both said she had a very... St- sort of stereotypically poor... What you would consider, like, American white trash. Yeah. Almost, like, television white trash family. Um, and, like, the real story is that when she moved... She moved in ninth grade to live with her aunt. Um, and she dropped out of school her sophomore year. Like... You know, her mom had her when she was 16. Like, she just, like, her dad was, like, a known rapist and, like, a pedophile, and her mom was a sheriff, so she had these very contradicting uh, moral beliefs as a kid where she was, like, my dad's a rapist, my mom's a cop and, like, conservative and whatever. Um, but, yeah, and then she went and got a job at Jim's Crispy Fried Chicken and met her future, her future husband, Billy Wayne Smith. Um, but, like you know, she comes from this really dysfunctional family, and she used to, she started lying about her life as a kid, where she yeah. would tell people that, like, her aunt was actually the one who was her. She would she would tell people that her aunt was her illegitimate mother, that she was, like, her illegitimate child, and, like, she wouldn't tell people that she was raised in Houston, um, and she changed her name a couple times, like, she yeah. became Mickey Hart, and... You know, there that was, like, who Anna was. Like, she was this woman sort of running... Like, her strive to be famous and successful and known was, like, all lit by the idea that she wanted to forget who she really was, which is really sad.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Um, I find what's interesting, like, you're totally right, She she often, you know, fabricated her past and whatever and changed the details, but you know, in order to be more interesting or whatever. But, you know, she she genuinely couldn't have never imagined to end up in that opportunity where she was essentially taken away from all that kind of pain that she was feeling by meeting, you know, J. Howard Marshall. Um, and having that, having that opportunity presents itself is such a... It's quite fucking bizarre, but also it's like a... It, it makes that story for her like almost a fairy tale because... I get the feeling that she wanted to be rescued from that. You know, she wanted to away. Um, One of my favourite things, though, about her in that period is that she got got all of her family members to have Anna Nicole Smith tattoos.
0: Oh, my God. It's truly... I'm like, where's mine?
1: Crazy. Like, Mom, you need to get a tattoo with me. And, you know, her cousins had, like, faces of her on their back. (laughs)
0: <laughs> her so the one cousin that has the literal the like the photo of her like draped in a fur on her back. Um she's my favorite cousin, by the way. And also um that's my favorite tattoo.
1: That's not cousin Shelley though, is it?
0: No, it's her younger cousin, um She's, like, blonde and she does a lot of interviews about... I
1: know the like, one you mean. Yeah, she's always a talking head and, like...
0: Yes! She like, lives for, like, an ID network interview about Anna Nicole's exactly. life. <laughs> 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 um, another really interesting thing that I didn't know about, and this totally relates to Anna's issues with addiction, so, like, she became obsessed with the idea of, like... You know, she started stripping after she had Daniel... And um, she got married to this fry cook um, from Jim's Crispy Chicken. And she became obsessed with the idea of getting implants because she, you know, she was really small chested and she wanted big boobs. So over the span of a few years, she saved $14,000. And she was also only allowed to work the day shift at the strip club because they said that she was like too chubby and she was too flat chested and she was awkward. So she wanted these big boobs that she could like work at night. And she got her, like, iconic 42 Double D boobs, but they, like, gave her problems her whole life, and they are the sole reason that she ever had drug issues.
1: Yeah, it was back pain, like, constantly.
0: I did not know that. Do
1: you know what I also find interesting, and I I don't mean to discredit her abilities, her life, but for someone who is so chaotic... I do, find it, I do find it like quite impressive that she was able to save $14,000. Oh,
0: I was fully blown away. I mean, are you kidding? How did she do that? That's a lot of money to save when, I mean, from what she described, she was making like $50 a night, and she thought that was a lot of money.
1: Like, is, is, is stripping in Mahaya, Texas, that lucrative?
0: I mean, in the desert during the day. I'm... <laughs> I I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know what route truckers take, but I'm guessing maybe that's, like, Mahea is a focal point of, like, a lot of truck stops. I don't know. Yeah. I, that's a lot of money to save.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it does bring up some questions in terms of, like, was it just you know.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, she had her... You know, she had back pain. She had neck pain. Her implants ripped open twice. Yeah. Um, And so she started, you know, taking pills to kind of deal with the pain. And that was, like, truly the reason her whole life that she took pills was because she had all these these pains. And she had, like, she, you know, later on she had, like, seizures and stuff. And, like, her pills were completely – I mean, obviously Anna Nicole was abusing medications. But, like, it started off as, like, pain management. And that always makes me – just so sad like it just kills me you guys i hate to cut you off but at this point i think you know the drill you've got to be a patreon member to hear the remainder of this episode so go to patreon.com slash ev psychos at that point you will uh be asked to donate and then when you donate at this level you'll get this podcast you'll get the remainder of all the episodes every single week you'll get liz bentley's feathers in my hair which is the teen mom podcast um you'll get me and molly's uh britney and kevin chaotic special you'll get all the stuff that molly does exclusively through patreon it's well worth it and also if you're not a member of our facebook group go to molly and the it'll take you straight to it and uh all we do all day and all night is talk about reality tv it's super fun so like i said patreon.com slash eb psychos and molly and the